welcome to the Meditation Ward. My name is Nadia Ward, and I'm really excited to bring you this podcast. I talk to a lot of meditation practitioners about their practice and what led them into meditation and what keeps them there. I hope you enjoy it. Each week we have a second episode where you get a guided meditation. So you can come back and use those whenever you need them, and they're there for you. Are you interested in starting your own meditation practice? Check out TheMeditationWar.com, where I offer a six-week program to work with you one-on-one to teach you meditation tools and to help you find a practice that works for you and your lifestyle. I'm also a health and wellness coach certified through Georgetown University. So if you're interested in wellness coaching through a meditative perspective, I'd love to talk to you more about that. Contact me at TheMeditationWard.com or find us on Instagram, The Meditation Ward. And now our episode. Hi everyone, thank you for coming to The Meditation Ward. My name is Nadia, and I am so excited to have Sharon Kirsten here. She is a healer, a quantum success coach, spiritual guide, and best-selling author. Her book, The Answers Within, Find Your Soul Purpose and Ignite Your Hidden Superpowers became number one on Amazon and personally had a ginormous effect on my life as well as thousands of others. From manifesting to connecting with divine to getting you energetic to getting you energetically on the same vibration of success and love, Sharon will lead you inwards to align you with your dreams outwardly. Congratulations, Sharon, for your newest book, Shadow Work, Guide and Workbook. I am so thankful to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Nadia. Yeah. Um, so you're so special in my life because I sat next to you in Venice Beach at Intelligentsia Coffee and... Um, you we were talking about yoga training and I was like, oh, I, I'm doing mine at Yoga Salt. And you're like, oh, I did mine in the Himalayas and I was working on a book. And I was like, how's your book? And you're like, oh, it's number one on Amazon. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this lady's really cool. And so I bought your book, of course, to be like on the spot, to be supportive. And one of the first things the book says is this book showed up in your life. This book found you and i was like this book practically slapped me in the face <laughs> i literally <laughs> sat next to the author um who wow. my guess was was perfect and beautiful and done all these things and i you know instantly learned that you've been through a lot <laughs> that you <laughs> earned yourself out that you had eating issues that you had failures before your successes and i was like of course she did, Nadia. <laughs> of course, <laughs> she went through stuff to get where she is. And yeah, you have such a wonderful story of getting where you are now. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for this beautiful introduction. And everything you just said was already so beautiful. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think it's so true because the depth of our shadow pushes us more into the light. So the deeper we go into the shadow, the more we struggle, the more potential there is for us to step into the light. If we have a super easy life and we love being here and everything is just smooth sailing, we never really have the motivation and the desire to understand why we're here, why these things are happening and we don't really want to heal. So I actually feel the wound is truly the the ultimate potential that we have so as cliche as it may sound <laughs> we can actually 
be grateful for those things because they help us awaken to who we really are. Yeah. Would you mind um, sharing some of your story? Because you had a pretty successful corporate life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, basically the first, I would say, 30 years of my life, I just did exactly what society tells you to do um i went to school to various colleges <laughs> did all the studying that i could and i got into a corporate career and um yeah and i helped build um a couple of departments in uh, one of the most successful e-commerce companies in uh, europe which was focused on fashion fashion e-commerce basically and during the time it was a lot of fun and yeah I really enjoyed it until I didn't and this voice inside got louder and louder and I could really tell that I was so busy so stressed like constantly under pressure in a way that I lost touch with myself um, more and more and I think most of us are already disconnected to a certain extent and we don't even realize it um, but I really had this thought around, I want to reconnect with my soul. I feel like there is more to this life that I'm just not really grasping at this moment. And I don't just want to be busy running around all the time. And I had this voice pop up out of nowhere that literally felt like someone was speaking in my ear and standing in front of me, talking to me, saying, it's time. And the first time I heard it, I was just <laughs> so stunned. I was like, what, and where did this come from? What is this? Because I was literally standing alone, um, just in a hallway. So I was naturally curious. Yeah, was it I an just... actual, could you like hear a voice like actually, or was it just like a flash of a message? It was actually a voice. That's what was surprising to me because usually my intuition would work more in a, I hear my own thoughts mm. kind of way. And that actually felt like an external voice. I know somebody else standing next to me would not have heard anything, but it felt like that, you know, like someone speaking to me and that kept happening a couple of times. And the same, the same, mm -hmm. it's time, the same, it's time. And I think because it was the exact same message that felt like it was being spoken to me um it, yeah it just felt like a true sign because if I had ju just thought it it's time it, I would not have really acted on it so much I would have been able to ignore it for a longer period of time <laughs> but then I don't know just all the things aligned and I felt like I needed I needed something I needed something to connect me back to who I really am and I wasn't really sure what that would be but I found this yoga teacher training it was six weeks in the Himalayas and I thought oh my god this is absolutely crazy to ask for six weeks off <laughs> like nobody's gonna get six weeks I'm heading for departments like you know I thought I was like I think a lot of people in corporate think that they're so irreplaceable <laughs> and they need to be there all the time yeah I used to think um, that even working at a restaurant I was like I train everybody this place is gonna go down when I leave and like it doesn't <laughs> mm -hmm. there's somebody else that will step right in 
And that's it. And we make these jobs our lives and we dedicate ourselves to them. And they would literally replace us in a heartbeat if we were just gone. And they don't really care. But we think like we make it such a big part of our identity and it's just not really worth it at all. Um, but yeah, so my boss actually agreed and he gave me the time off. And so I traveled to the Himalayas. And obviously there was a very strict time plan on everything. And there was always 5 a.m. meditation and the evening meditation. So there was a lot of meditating and chanting and learning and practicing going on, as you would know, going through yoga teacher training. Um, and one time in meditation, I, I just entered some sort of altered state of consciousness, which I'd never felt before. And it felt really special to me. And again, I could hear, it felt like I was being pulled out of my body. And I heard this voice again. And and I saw visions and I saw all sorts of people all around the world living their lives. And I got the sense of their desires and how they're manifesting their desires and how they're creating their lives based on their desires and their shadows and their wounding and, who, you know, just who they are. And it's all so different. And even if someone has the same desire, the manifestation of that and the path of that would be so different in how they walk it. And then this voice said, you created this life and you can recreate it. And yeah, and then shortly after I came back into my body and I just felt like something had deeply shifted inside of me because there was still this part of me that wanted to be the good girl. I need to do what I've been told. I need to be a part of the society. I need to make my parents proud. I need to do all these things. But then even if it was just, just the tiniest opening and it still took me some time to actually leave corporate, um, it, it was just there, you know, it was that seed that was planted and it was growing. Um, yeah. And so that really changed things for me. And that brought me on that whole path of learning so many different healing modalities and coaching and hypnotherapy now as well. And I've just been stacking all the things on top of each other because I've always felt like I was in a black hole, like the external journey. You know, if somebody had looked at me from the outside at that time, they would have seen someone who's really successful, who probably has one of the most amazing jobs in Berlin at the time. <laughs> Everybody would have wanted to have my job and be in this situation, at least from what I thought at the time. Um, but inside I was really hurting. I I didn't, I think now looking back, I didn't even realize how much of a black hole I was in. I I knew it at the time because I was in it and I was feeling it and I was yeah. really struggling. Could you be a little bit more um uh in like explanation of what this black hole was, what it felt like or what it like it looked good from the outside, but is it like you were so deep inside of it that you couldn't see out or what was the black hole? The black hole for me was just emotional pain, basically. So externally, I was very high functioning. I was a high functioning being, um, but because I was high functioning, I don't think anybody would ever have thought that anything was wrong with me internally. And I think a lot of people out there are like that. They are traumatized, but they are still functioning really well. And so people look at them and they think, oh, they're fine. They can figure anything out, but they don't realize that they're actually hurting inside and that for them doing all the things that they're doing, it is a struggle and they need to push themselves 
to this and through this and they have their own kind of coping mechanisms to deal with that stress so for me it just felt like I think looking back it was definitely a, a form of depression which I didn't realize at the time because you know I haven't had no reference point that it was just how I've always felt yeah and you were so busy too you weren't <laughs> stopping long enough to like really look into it yeah, I started looking for answers and solutions at that point when I felt like, oh my God, like there must be something else and there must be more. And I started learning all these healing modalities, which was motivated by my own inner pain. That's why I said earlier, I think if we are in pain, it is a gift because it puts us on that journey of actually searching for answers. And whatever we find along the path, it's going to be very enriching to ourselves, to our lives in general. But I think also because we want to start giving at some point, we want to give this to other people and help others because we understand how difficult it is. Yeah. Mm. So the answers within, which is the book that <laughs> introduced me to you and, um, I read it when I first moved to Richmond, Virginia, which was like six years ago. And like within a year and a half, I opened my yoga studio. But within that, I had, I realized that one of my superpowers was um, playful. Like people are attracted mm -hmm. to me because of this playful energy. And the sentence in my studio is the spirit plays. So oh, it was this, beautiful. yeah, really like opening to why people are like pulled to me and what I offer. Um, they don't see the depressive side all the time. I try to be more open about that now. But um, mm -hmm. you said that you wrote that book that has affected so many people in a huge way in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I How did like it come to you? Like it just like poured out? Was it another it, voice? <laughs> I literally felt like it was dictated to me while I was writing it because I feel I probably resisted it for a long time because, you know, the human stories of, oh, who am I to write a book and who would listen to me and all these things probably kept me from following through for a while. But at some point it just got very, you know, it's just like, okay, I can't deny this anymore. Like it needs to come through. The pressure cooker was just on and I had to find that outlet. And then once I started sitting down, I just put my hands on the, on the, keyboard and it felt like it, it was dictated I just heard the sentences in my mind and I just wrote what I heard I never actually went back to correct it I had an editor look over it in terms of grammar and you know just mistakes and stuff but not for logical reasoning or logical sense so it is basically unfiltered through you know that that was just what came through and I just trusted it and actually the editor who was reading over it and going through it, she told me something really beautiful where she said, well, I was reading this and then I had these emotions come up and then I felt this presence behind me and like this touch on my shoulder and then all of this heaviness lifted for me. So I was like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. So I'm like, good, this book is out there. It's doing its thing and it's helping people. One of the, I was like, you know, looking through your book the last couple of days, because I've been obviously really looking forward to this. Um, but one of, the, I found like one of my favorite quotes from your book, and it says, just remember that finding your truth and living life that fulfills you is urgent. 
And that like really struck me again because I'm going through another cycle of change and like life and where I live and the next thing I'll be creating. And it's like, you, we can't just sit around and wait. Like you're so proactive, even in your books, there's like workbooks, there's work to do. It's not just like reading and hoping it sinks in. Mm, I love that you say that because this is so important to realize because I feel a lot of people are waiting for a savior. They're waiting for something to change, but you are the change. Like you change yourself and everything around you changes because your perception changes. You change and you see the world differently. Um, We all can look at the same situation outside of ourselves, but because of our values, our beliefs, because of everything that's inside of us, we will interpret it differently. And so we basically see the same thing objectively, but what it means to us is so different. And we all have healing to do. We all have deconditioning to do. And to me, I always see it as at the core of who we are, we are our most authentic being and we're so beautiful and we're so lovable and we're so powerful. But the moment we pop on this planet, (laughs) we're conditioned with limiting beliefs, who we should be to fit in, who we should be to, you know, be agreeable with our parents, to fit into the school system, to fit into whatever other people expect of us. And so we learn that who we are isn't okay. Who we are is not acceptable. It's unlovable. It's, it's not, you know, it's not okay. And so we have all these tiny little splits happening as we grow up and we take that part that's too loud and we push it into our shadows and we take this part that is a rebel and we push it into the shadows because it's not wanted. And as kids, as we're growing up, it's all about love because we can't survive on our own. So we want the love of our parents. We want to be accepted. We want to be connected. And so we make all these compromises about, okay, this is too much. I'm being too much. So I'm going to abandon myself so that I can stay connected with my parent. So it's not that we don't abandon and we don't lose something because we keep losing ourselves bit by bit by bit we disconnect from our authenticity and from our truth and our power and the shadow work and all that's why it's about work because it's about coming back to yourself and getting rid of all these false beliefs and imprints and conditionings that we've taken on because there is a powerful being inside and when we can actually you know excavate it (laughs) i see it as layers like let's go on this excavation there is a lot of peace and there is a lot of power and that's when i feel we can actually um be of service to this world because even if we never ever talk to anybody else but we've done this work for ourselves and we shift our energy and we start seeing the truth of what this realm is what our part in it is we can just change so much energetically yeah i used to think like i used to say like oh if this comedy thing I wrote just affects one person or if this podcast just affects one person and you think it's just one person but it's not that one person will light up a space that will affect everyone that they're around so I used to think it was one person and it's just recently I've realized that 
nope, that one person affects many others, mm-hmm. even if they're it's not sharing effect. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a ripple effect because the more, even sometimes just being different or being at peace or just something about your energy impacts people because your energy speaks so much louder than any words that you could ever say. And it it touches something inside of them just because you're you. And that energy transmits and it starts changing people. Yeah. I yeah. liked how you kind of mentioned that um, as you're growing, like one thing and then another thing, like little cracks that start to happen and end up to be like a big black hole, like an earthquake that and it sounds like shadow work is actually like healing those cracks. Would you like to explain some shadow work? And I know your book just came out, so I'd love to hear more about how that works work looks absolutely i love talking about it (laughs) (laughs) so shadow work is about making the unconscious conscious so that we can actually heal we cannot heal without awareness so the first step for healing is always awareness we need to understand the root cause of why something a behavior a pattern a belief is manifesting in our lives And so this whole term shadow work was coined by Carly Jung, a Swiss psychiatrist. And it's all about understanding that there is a split, basically. There is the shadow self, which is comprised of all the parts that we think are not acceptable. These parts do not get us love. These these parts do not get us to where we actually want to go in life. And it's often connection, success, and all these things. And there is a persona and the persona is basically what we showed to the world. You know, when you go to work, there is a work persona and this is who you are, but you also have a persona when you deal with your parents, with your friends, you know, like I find it interesting that every person you've ever met has a different idea of who you are because you are different and they see different parts of you. And so the work with shadow, work is to basically bring the shadow self and the persona together to merge them so that you find acceptance and love for these parts that you've pushed into your shadow and you can bring them back into your awareness and actually integrate them for healing do you think that once you do like that shadow work and bringing you back to more whole that the way you are with different people starts to become more of the same does that make sense? You, mm-hmm, it does make sense. And I think you just become more authentically you and you no longer have to adapt okay. to who you're with. I think that's what you mean because you're adapting, yeah. right? Oh, for this person, I need to be cute. For this person, I need to be strong. For this person. Yeah, and I, think, I think adapting is a really uh, good way of perspective to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, you stop doing that because you realize that we're, constantly projecting onto each other so you don't have to be something for someone else you can just be who you are and if that triggers the other person that's their story and that's something they need to heal and so you just being you actually offers the other person a healing opportunity because now they can see their own shadows and that's the thing with shadow work because the shadow is hidden we often don't even know our own shadows so it's a tricky thing to do It's good to work with someone because by design, we can't know and see our own shadows, but we can see them through projecting and projection and triggers. Because if another person triggers us, 
it's often not so much about the other person, but it's about the information that we get about the trigger. Because it's never about the current moment. If it's a trigger, it's an immediate reaction that is disproportionate to what has just happened. And that means it's not about the present moment. This is a pattern from some time back in your childhood when a similar situation happened and it was really painful. And now that pain is just triggered in the moment and so extreme and so intense that it's like, why, why did I react this strongly to this? But it's the answer is never found in the present moment. It's found in that root cause that actually created the wound in the first place. And so it gives us an opportunity to actually come into that healing space and to give ourselves as an adult what we didn't get as a child. And that's the reparenting aspect of shadow work where like, oh yeah, my child didn't feel like, you know, it was enough or it was too much. And so I'm going to set boundaries and create the environment for that inner child now to just be who it is and keep it safe in that way. Because these parts actually just want to feel safe. And they think through the maladaptive patterns and behaviors that they're going to be safe, but they're just restricting us. Because often we want to reach a goal, but we self-sabotage, but we can't really define what the self-sabotage is like we just do it and and these are these hidden parts that are just acting in our unconscious mind you know unchecked <laughs> because we're not aware of them so they just do whatever they want and they they want to keep us safe but it's not helping us in taking risks because risk is the opposite of safety so when you talk about you know it's urgent i want to make a change that's when the, those parts kick in. Wait, 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 wait. Has anybody talked about change right now? No, that's not, not a good idea at all. Let's just keep doing what we've been doing because I've been doing a really good job at keeping you safe and we want to stay safe. And so we need to dismantle it or disempower these parts in a way through love and healing because they're not evil. It's not an evil part. It's just a part that's stuck maybe at three years old and the only thing it knows is to hide being seen as scary. So the, that's the safety mechanism I need to hide. Yeah. And so that's the yeah, only strategy have, like, it knows. The fear that we often are going by is the kind of fear that like a deer has when they're going to be attacked. It's like survival fear. And yeah. it, we get stuck using that so normally that we don't realize that this is an extreme idea that we have and it actually isn't keeping us safe anymore because we are safe. Yes, yes, exactly. It's not working anymore. Uh, it's maladaptive coping strategies that worked in the moment, at that moment in time when it was created, but now it doesn't work anymore. Like you said, like you're an adult, you're safe, you know different, you know better, you know how to do this. Yeah. And the deer in headlights is so good because all of this is rooted in trauma and trauma is not only, you know, what we often perceive in society is the big trauma where it's like, oh yeah, that's definitely trauma. Everybody agrees. But even it's these little traumas that add up, like apparently 10 small traumas are just as deep, if not deeper than one yeah. big trauma. And and I work with so many clients, it seems like nothing in the moment. It's just a misinterpretation of what happened in the moment. You know, the child interprets, oh, my mom doesn't give me attention right now, so she doesn't love me. And it's painful for the child because we're 
tiny little beings and we don't understand the world for the adult it's like oh yeah i'm just on the phone and i can't give you attention right now but i'll be there in five minutes but maybe in those five minutes the child has already decided well i'm unlovable because i can't get my mom's attention you know the world just looks really different to kids and i often go back with clients and then they realize oh my, that had nothing to do with me my mom was just busy and she was really stressed and she had a lot going on and actually no she does love me and that releases you know the charge and the pattern and new resources become available that's the beautiful thing the new inner resources and when when all of these tiny little blockages that feel so hard to get past you know when we have to force ourselves oh i know i need to go work out <laughs> i yeah. know i need to do this today when these fall away and it just becomes more effortless that's really when it pays off it's kind of funny because you're like glowing and smiling and i was just laughing because you make it sound like shadow work is fun. <laughs> it is so much fun. Because <laughs> it sounds like so painful, but I guess also it's lightening you up that like you're like looking back, that was so much fun. But I bet in the meantime of going through it, it's probably not that awesome. I actually love that you say that because this is what keeps people from it. The fear of the pain and we we are afraid that if we go back to that place where it hurts, it will be as intense as it felt in the moment it was created. And somehow there is this thing of it will never go away. Like once I open Pandora's box, I will just get sucked into it and I will never get out of it again. Um, but I've done so much at a work with so many clients and it's completely the opposite. There are gentle processes and there are gentle awarenesses. And yes, you may feel something in the moment, um, which is maybe a few minutes, but then it's gone and you feel lighter and you feel freer and you have all these insights and awarenesses that are just really powerful and so liberating and empowering. So it's kind of like a moment of pain for just it being gone forever and it being so freeing. Yeah. So yes, for it's someone that had, um, for someone that has, you know, done as much like spiritual inner work as you have, was it still, um, complicated and intense to start working on your own shadow? When did you do your shadow work? Oh, I feel like I've been doing it forever. <laughs> probably <laughs> at least 15 years um so it was still hard because it's hard in the way that it's always going to be confronting so if you do it by yourself I feel it's a little bit harder than if you have someone holding you through it because shadow work has a lot to do with going to these aspects that have been traumatized these parts of us that feel pain and if we need to hold ourselves, it's harder, especially if we're not trained in, in this kind of work, um, because you can't surrender. You, you kind of have to hold yourself through it and navigate it. But if you have someone that you can really trust who can hold you through it, it becomes easier because you can literally just focus on processing and you don't need to think about how you're going to shift this or move through this. But for me, it's still been painful. And I think it's still, it's always going to be that way. That's, it's just a fight. Like healing for me at this point, how I see it, it is a fight and you need to want to heal. Healing is not, oh, you know, I'm going to sit in a bubble bath and 
I'm going to sing mantras and I'm only going to focus on love and light. And I think that's the biggest scam that people have been told that you need to think positively all the time and you need to be light and love because that way you're just, you're losing the real power and the power is in the shadow because you cannot create any change by gaslighting yourself into believing that the shadow isn't there. You can't ignore it enough. And I feel if we go on to a more shamanic or spiritual level about this, there are, you know, dark energies and attachments that can be created through trauma and they live in the shadows and hiding and deception and making you believe that they're not there is how they operate. And so us turning towards the shadow, going where it hurts is the most powerful thing we can do because we're actually facing it. We're fighting our way out of this and we can't fight by acting as if there is no darkness and there is only love and light and we're pretending we're all good. That's, you know, that there is no power in that. Yeah. Is, um, Hmm. Your shadow, I understand that there's those parts that you're trying to fight out so that you can become free of them, but is your shadow something that you just see more clearly or is it something that you're trying to um, make smaller or go away or do you combine yourself with it? What is your relationship to the shadow after and as you're doing the shadow work? So for me, the shadow is basically, it's a lie in a way, because it's all based on a lie. You've never been not enough. You've never been too much. You've never been all of these things that you just kind of started believing. So I don't believe in merging with it because symbolically on, on an energetic level, um, you know, when we think about it as a negative energy, you actually want to release it from your being because it has an effect. And these negative energies, um, as they attach, they can create illnesses over time and imbalances in our energy fields. And so they start manifesting, they can become anxiety, they can become depression, they can become addictions and all of these things. And we often don't even realize that all of these manifestations in our lives are Basically, we can trace them back to a form of trauma that happened because these things latch on in the moment of trauma. There is an opening in our energy field where, they, where it can get in. And then over time, it keeps feeding on our energy and it gets stronger and then it can manifest in depression, anxiety, illnesses, etc. And so it's more about awareness, seeing it in the light of truth, no lie can persist. And so actually having the courage to go, you know, I, I, in my mind, it's like, you know, if we visualize a dark energy or a shadow, and if we bring the light of truth in it, you know, what happens to shadows when we bring the light there, no shadow can persist. So it's actually not about fighting with the shadow so much because they feed off of the fight as well. Like if we feed it, the fight energy then it also feeds off of it but it's more it hates when we look at it it hates when we are becoming aware of it when we observe it and when we see it and so we can discharge a lot through actually the awareness of it um 
and then I feel with the from my perspective and the work that I do it's about understanding so the awareness understanding where it came from and changing that story because for example it might come from a moment in time in childhood when we decided oh we're not good enough so if we can go back to that moment in time heal our inner child help our inner child understand that that was just a misconception and that that's not true when we can rescue this inner child and give it more resources that whole pattern and that you know it can no longer survive so we discharge it we take its food away in a way and then over time it needs to leave um, as an energy but the shifts in our psyche those are immediate for my clients so I think there are two aspects if we look at it more from a shamanic level and if we look at the um, you know just the psychological shifts that we can create these are literally instantaneous and the more we heal the more we become embodied in ourselves the less likely we will be for these kinds of negative energies to stick around because they're just uncomfortable it's too positive it's too nice it's too healthy like that's not what they want it doesn't work for them (laughs) yeah yeah um I want to shift for a second and like talk about something else too (laughs) I want to talk about something that um well, I also um, did your course, Self Love Alchemy, which was like really cool and made a really big shift um, for me in the way I see myself. Um, but something that I love that you seem to work with people on consistently is not just like, you know, you mentioned just like love and light and happiness. It's like career, it's finances, it's like being a successful business person. Um, and that's not something I think we see often when we're following people on Instagram or looking into ways of healing. And um, do you think that's partly because of like your background and um, um, what do you think draws you to work in that way? Because it's all connected. A pattern shows up in our finances. It shows up in our relationships. It shows up in our health. So if it's, it's actually more because we can shift a pattern regarding our finances, we can shift it in our relationships, we can shift it in our health. It's more what's ripe for us, where can we actually shift it right now, but it will drop out in all areas. So if I don't believe that, for example, I'm worthy of receiving, how is that going to show up in my finances? How is that going to show up in my relationship? What kind of relationships am I going to attract? what kind of foods am I going to put in my body? How is my body going to digest food? Is it going to absorb food properly? So it's really because it's so universal. And I think partly because, yes, I do come from that background and um, and I, I really loved working in usability and conversion and all of these things. So it is part of how my brain works I think so it, I, I do find joy in it but also because some people are ready to heal these things in their finances others are ready to heal it in their relationships or in their relationship with themselves a lot of clients lately have really wanted to change the it's funny because they come to me often because they want to change their finances or they want to start a business 
And then they realize after six months of working with me, they're like, actually, my values are completely different. I see myself differently. <laughs> I see my goals differently. And whatever I wanted in the beginning, I don't want anymore. Yeah. Because it's it comes from the wounding. Our goals oftentimes come from the things we think we need in order to feel worthy. Once I'm a successful business owner, then I can have these things. It's these conditions that we put on ourselves. But once we actually return to our true selves, we see the world and ourselves differently and our goals start changing. So I'm not sure I'm actually answering your question properly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really interesting because like when you said like, um, like your power is affected by your finance, by your relationship, by all these different, by the food you eat and it's all similar. It's like interesting because when I'm doing your affirmations from the self-love alchemy program, I noticed that they are in little sections, like there's a section about eating foods and seeing my body as happy and healthy and uh, strong and lean. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then there's a section about just being loved, um, that I'm able to receive love, but then there's a section about like, I love every cell of my being. And then there's an ex like, I am open to receiving money and I deserve it and I will accept it now and like career kind of stuff. And then it comes into like, other forms of like, I am worth it. I am living my life. I am like in charge of my own life. So it's like, when you said that, I was like, that makes so much sense because it's the same thread. Yeah, exactly. It's just different areas of life. <laughs> <laughs> Mind yeah. <blown. laughs> yeah. So if you're like yeah. pushing it so much in one side, but not deserving it in other parts. It's going exactly. to be an imbalance again. Yes, hmm. that's exactly right. Because <laughs> it's it's difficult if you only affirmed, you know, I'm worthy of receiving money, I'm worthy of receiving money, but then you perpetuate the pattern and you overgive to your partners and you never allow yourself to receive. You're not going to shift it. It's still going to be there because you're still living into it in another area of life so i'm yeah. i'm i love that you just connected the dots there and you said it that way i love that yeah it's exactly right it's also to um how we talk about you know you have to step take a step forward and the universe will meet you yeah and sometimes you know it's a process sometimes we can only do a little bit but it's the first step and then we're, but we're still in that manifestation process. It's not, you know, locked in yet and it's not going to come yet. But I find any manifestation process starts with you set the intention and you want to make this happen. And then the universe is you know, the universal forces, whatever we want to call it. It's like, great. Okay. Before you get that, here's all the shadows that you need to work with first. <laughs> here's all the stuff that needs to be out of the way for you to receive that and to have that and to create that in your life. So oftentimes, I guess people get a little bit disheartened in that moment when all of that stuff arrives, but it's actually, it's working. You're getting all the information. It's, it's just... You just have to do a little bit of inner work to actually become aligned with that frequency of what you're asking for. Yeah, when I um, it sounds like when I, I am so grateful that I got, was in therapy for like ten years, and I, I always recommend that people go to therapy. But then I, I try to warn them like it's gonna get worse before it gets better. 
because you're about to go go down a hole when you think you're just going to go in there and fix yourself. (laughs) It's the work that you have to do breaks you down first. Um, I guess by looking into those dark parts of yourself and look really seeing them um, to to heal them, you have to, you have to see them. Yeah. I think there are different kinds of therapy. Um, Talk therapy can take a long time. Mm -hmm. That's why I always recommend that people go see someone who can actually help them shift. So if you can actually have an awareness and sure it can be painful, but you can actually do something about it in the moment and you walk out of that session feeling better than before. That's always what I want for my clients. I never want to leave a client just with a realization and they're all down and out about it. And then they drag that energy until the next session. Um, I feel if there is an awareness, let's jump straight into healing and shifting that energy. And I actually feel then you progress quite quickly. Um, And it doesn't take years and years. Like literally my clients change their lives within six months completely. And it's 10 sessions. So um, I feel like it can go really fast. And a lot of people have big shifts in just one session. And yeah. Speaking of different kinds of therapy, earlier in our conversation, you mentioned hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that is like? Yeah, hypnotherapy is basically um, using the unconscious mind to heal. Because all of this stuff is in the unconscious mind. So even when you do talk therapy with a therapist, it's about becoming conscious of these unconscious layers. Like like you're dissecting, you're like, okay, where is this? Where is this? And with hypnotherapy, you basically get into an altered state of consciousness so that you are in immediate contact with your unconscious mind and you're speaking to the unconscious mind. And the unconscious mind can present you memories and pictures that you can work with. And on that level working with the unconscious mind shifts can be instantaneous and that's what i love about it yeah i'd love to go ahead sorry i just wanted to say because the shadows are in the unconscious mind it's you can't really consciously talk yourself into understanding something that's hidden you know because the the conscious mind it's only the five percent and then the subconscious is a 95. And so actually going into an altered state of consciousness allows for that 95% to open up and for us to do radical shifts. Yeah, I didn't know that percentage. That's pretty wild. <laughs> I know it's so wild, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so we're living basically usually with 5%. The co- the conscious mind is 5%. And the conscious mind, I always say, is the goal setter. So the conscious mind is like, oh, I want to make a million dollars. I want to lose weight. I want to, uh, you're setting a goal consciously. Yeah. Like the but ego. The unconscious... No. <sighs> All these terms, because yeah. people see, <laughs> they define things so differently. Yeah. So if you say ego and I say ego and someone else says ego, that we might think of completely different things. Um. But I find the ego sometimes has a negative touch to it. Like, oh, that's coming from your ego. Yeah. But the ego is not only negative. It also protects you and keeps you safe so that you don't walk down that dark alleyway when it's 12 p.m. and or a.m., 12 (laughs) a.m. in New York. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, you shouldn't walk down that way. So it's a healthy fear. Um, 
for me, the conscious mind is just what we're aware of, like consciously aware of in our every single day where we're making a conscious decision. You know, it's conscious. I'm going to walk through the store right now. I'm making this decision. The unconscious mind is the goal getter. So you can make a conscious decision to want to lose weight, but the unconscious mind is the one that executes. So it will have all of these safety mechanisms and the resources, and it will tell you unconsciously, you won't necessarily be 100% aware of this, but it will sabotage you from going to the gym. And there will be some stories around it on, oh, what will people think? And I'm bigger than the other people there. And it's, you know, just, or, oh, I should just eat that piece of cake because I've had such a hard day. When, you know, like, like all of these stories, but these come from the unconscious mind because it's giving us something it's maybe giving us comfort or it's protecting us from discomfort. So there are all these shadow motivations that we're not aware of, but they're executed by the unconscious mind. And that's the work. Then we need to start inquiring, okay, why do I feel like I need to eat this piece of cake right now? What's really going on? What do I really need? And that's the deeper work where we then come to an awareness. And um, yeah. And I feel like you asked me something just before, and I'm I not sure I actually, okay, good. You don't <laughs> remember <can't>... either. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing is, yeah, the conscious mind is 5%, unconscious mind is 95 And so it serves a purpose though, because if you had to learn how to drive a car, every time you get into a car, it would be really inconvenient. <laughs> so the unconscious mind is like this automatic part of us. It's like a little robot. Like actually when you start thinking, how many things do we do consciously in a day and how many do we do unconsciously it's actually interesting that we are like little robots who use the same coffee cup drink the same coffee take the same routes we have actually have a lot of the same processes every single day yeah like I go to specific restaurants every time I go to that restaurant I'm getting the same exact yeah. thing <laughs> yeah exactly that's part of it yeah and it's interesting Brush too, saying like teeth, what, your hair, everything. Yeah. It's like when you said, um, like when I have this cake, what do I actually need? It's like making a shift from, I want this cake because I'm sad and I, I want to feel better. But then now I have these realizations that actually this cake is going to make me feel worse in the long term. And loving myself is mm -hmm. actually not putting all this sugar in my body instead mm -hmm. of trying to appease what I'm yeah. going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big thing for me to shift my food behaviors was how do I want to feel after I've eaten this? And it's literally what you're saying. It's not the immediate moment where I just feel like I need this cake to feel better, but actually, yeah, while eating it, I may feel better, but then two minutes later, I won't. And so focusing more on that, okay, how is that going to feel afterwards? How am I going to feel about myself? Am I going to feel like I can trust myself, love myself, protect myself, be there for myself, care for myself? Or am I going to feel like a failure and feel like I failed again? And, you know, that whole other narrative that then gets opened up if we do the thing that we know isn't good for us because we know it's not good. Right. And that narrative is going to play out in our mind and it's going to be torture again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to take the last few minutes to chat with you about um, your meditation practice and what that looks like in your life now. How does it mm -hmm. show up? What do you make time for? Is it different on different days? What does it look like for you? 
It is different um, on different days. I meditate at least five times a week. Sometimes I just miss it, but I don't beat myself up about it. And that's totally fine as well. I, at this point, I basically just sit in silence and I calm down my nervous system. I do a little bit of a self-hypnosis, basically. Like There's a process that I follow. The more you do hypnosis, the easier it gets and the more you drop into that theta brainwave state really quickly. So, and that's a beautiful meditative state because you really zone out and you're just more calm and you don't have this racing mind. Um, I don't know if your listeners would know this, but theta brainwaves are the brainwave states that we go through just before falling asleep and just after waking up. So, you know, that feeling in the morning when you wake up and you're not really sure where you are and what your name is and <laughs> what is this place right now? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that. it's intense. Like I'm literally like, where do I live? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's when you're still in theta brainwave state. That's when you should start meditating immediately. <laughs> Just wake up and meditate. It's a beautiful state to be in for even doing affirmations or like having these suggestions. If you have them, if you can just play them, um, that's beautiful to actually go into your unconscious mind because the unconscious mind is open in that moment. So you always want to get those moments for suggestions when you're still very open and it can just drop in without any resistance from the conscious mind. So at this point, I just sit in silence, do my self-hypnosis, and then focus on my breathing and allow um, just to be with what wants to present itself. It's changed a lot over the years, and, I'm, and I feel like it will keep changing. But for me, it's a time to actually connect with my higher being, my higher self, and I always get visions or messages, insights. It's really it's just a really beautiful time <laughs> to, to be honest. Yeah. And then do you have any tips or tools for people that are new to meditation um, or coming back to meditation that you would recommend? Um, if coming back to meditation, I always suggest to start small because if we start small, it's easier to create the habit. And once we create the habit, then we can build on it. Um, in terms of meditation, there's, I, my best advice would be simply find the one that works for you because meditation in and of itself has so many benefits, um, from, you know, longevity, from health, from looking younger, <laughs> from, um, just better mental health. Like it's, it's so many, right? Like I can't even list them all. You would probably know them better than I do. And just find that kind of meditation that works for you. Even if it's a guided meditation on Inside Timer on YouTube or wherever. Um, I think you also have some beautiful meditations on your podcast. So just sitting actually and listening to that and just creating the habit. And then over time, you basically make it your own. But if you need that help in the beginning to just have that guided journey or someone guiding you through the breath work, um, just start doing that and it will transform into your own over time. Yeah. And so uh, for people that are looking to work with you via um, your books or your courses or even in person, um, we'll have all your information in the show notes and any like the links to your books and everything. Cause like I said, they have really 
um, made a huge impact on me. So I'm really looking forward to the shadow work um, book. And then if you guys want to listen to um, some of Sharon's like meditation, she's got, you've got some on insight timer, correct. And on YouTube, yes. um, do you have any other places that people um, can find you if they want to work with your meditations or. Yeah. Also on Spotify, um, there is my podcast, um, inner sovereignty. So there are the meditations are on there as well. Amazing. Well, I am like so grateful that you're here. Is there anything you feel like you didn't touch on that you wanted to say while you were on here with me? You feel good. <laughs> I absolutely loved the conversation and uh, nothing comes to mind right now. I always like to check in. Is there something that comes up? But I feel like we're complete and it's been a beautiful conversation. And I really appreciate you and your beautiful energy and questions. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. And um, yeah, have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We hope you stick around for the meditation on the next episode. If you're interested in wellness coaching through a meditative lens or starting your own meditation practice with accountability, check out TheMeditationWard.com. Give us a follow on Instagram at TheMeditationWard and please like, review us, and share with your friends. See you soon.